Welcome back to another live episode of Guy Live B2B Jam Session. Hope you're doing well today. Happy Thursday. It's almost the end of the week, and I'm super thrilled <laughs> for that myself. We've taken a three-day break from doing the podcast consistently because we need some rest. Y'all have been working us on this daily podcast. But more importantly, we've been incredibly grateful for all the love and support that y'all have been sharing on how many people are tuned in to the podcast, especially from Oakland. Much love if you're tuning in from Oakland. If you're tuning in from elsewhere, show us some love in the comments and we'll show you some love. I know we have our Ukraine people in here, our Europe people in here. Let us know and we'll show you some love. I'm super excited because today I'm talking to a phenomenal woman like my Angelou. Phenomenal. And she's one of the leading figures talking about employee experience, especially in today's day and age. She's a consultant, podcast host, and coach. Heather Younger is a speaker on resilience, virtual and life motivational uh, things, as well as employee experience and leadership and how do organizational leaders get more employee loyalty. She's actually the best-selling author of a prior book, and she's currently working on her new book, The Art of Caring Leadership. And I'm super excited to dive deep with her on that, what she's talking about in her new book. But also we have our on again, as well as on again, guest, Prem Kumar, who's the CEO of Human Lead. This is in partnership. This episode is in partnership with humanlead.co. So if you haven't gotten your candidate engagement tool yet, you need to check out Human Lead. They are changing the game and changing the world. With that, let me go ahead and bring on Heather and Prem onto the show. Heather, well. Hello. I'm here from Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Prem, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, I actually was connected with Heather way back when, um, and it's it's great to see her again. I'm excited to learn a lot today, and um, good to be here with both of you. I'm in Seattle right now, so it is raining, but I don't yeah. mind. <laughs> Heather, we're excited to learn from you. Heather, we would love for you to share a little bit more because we, we glossed over a bit about your amazing background, but where are you tuning in from and joining us from? Well, I'm, I'm joining from Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb from oh. Denver. And, and I'm happy to be here too with you guys. It's uh, it was a surprise when I got the the email saying, hey, would you like to be on? I'm like, oh, and I saw Prem's name and I'm like, yep, I know exactly who that is. I remember meeting him in person. So uh, yeah, and it's interesting because as I hear the introduction, I go, wow, um, that's a lot of stuff or a lot of titles. <laughs> Like we didn't even put in like I'm a mother of four, like the, the list is going on. It's not like, oh, whoa, whoa like, wait, you know, all these titles is so amazing, right? It's just that as I listen to them, I get a little exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but tell us a little bit about, so you're a mother of four. You're also in, I mean, you're a global speaker and you have really been empowering so many leaders throughout this pandemic on reframing how they think about employee experience engagement. You know, Prem and I are in this space, but how did you start this journey of really championing, you know, helping leaders wake up on that they have to wake up around employee experience because it's still a, a new term for people. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, the waking up part is a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not, I don't think we're looking for a destination here. It's just like, how do we improve every day? Uh, but how I got on the journey is I was working at a company several years ago um, and there was a big merger of about five companies coming together. And 
people from other on my team, people from other teams were coming to me and just saying like, what is going on? The leaders aren't sharing with us what's happening in the merger. And people just started to get super fearful of their jobs being taken, them you know, being laid off. And uh, it was just crazy. And so I had gone to the head of HR. At, I, at that point, I was leading customer experience this organization. But I went to head of HR and said, we have got to do something about um, this engagement issue and, and also the lack of trust and the fear. And she said, you know, you're, you're right. You should go do something about that. And I went, Okay, like I'm pretty sure I'm leaving. I'm leading customer experience, but okay, I'll do that. And it made <laughs> it made sense. It really did make sense because up until that point, kind of when I think about it from a turning point, this was a turning point for me because I had already been kind of the voice of the people. Had already been like people would come to me and oh, word, and so I would always uplift people, and I would always like recognize folks whether they were my team or not. So it made sense that I was the one who would be like the one to bring like to build the bridges and bring people together. So we created a, an engagement council, and within six months, we I we saw a huge difference in the, the changes between the connections and the people, the lack of trust started to kind of go away. But then what didn't go to go well was the merger itself. So they had brought on a lot of high powered people, a lot of money, the product, it was a tech product. So it was a software as a service and it wasn't uh, the way they were doing it. It just wasn't framing out well. So the, so the amount of uh, recurring revenue wasn't loading up quickly enough. Let's just put it that way. Um, so they laid a lot of people off. I was in that first round of about a, t- a couple hundred people. So there were a lot of us and it was an ouch at the moment. But I realized during that time, like I just, it was like, I left kind of like, I, I was, it was hurt, but then I was kind of vindicated. I realized that this is the work. Someone's got to do this work. What's missing that there's no one paying attention to the people who are driving the business forward. So mm-hmm. no one's like paying attention to the employees when they're going through like a merge situation or change is happening. No one's asking their opinion. No one's including them in the process. And guess who was that person who could help do that? And that was me. It ended up being me. And so I realized that that would be what the role I play. And that's why I have employee phonetics to today. Wow. So. That is powerful. That's so powerful. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, how, did, how does one become the, the voice of the employee, right? How do you define employee experience, especially now that COVID-19 has happened, so many organizations are still kind of going through this, uh, but like, where? How do? How should organizations define it for their people and in this time? Yeah. So employee experience is really about a journey that the employee takes with you before they even come on and become an employee. And so it happens before they hire, before they come on as an employee. And it, it happens in the media. It happens, whatever leaders are doing out there in the world, the employees, the the, pre, the candidate, the pre-candidate experience, they're experiencing you before they make the decision to come on. And then after they come on, so let's say they come on, because there's plenty of people that are hiring right now in a remote world, but they weren't supposed to be remote. Let's say they come in and they're like, oh my gosh. So the first step would be like, how are you onboarding these new employees who who are expecting initially or hoping that they would go into a physical environment, but in fact, now they're kind of coming into their home with a laptop and feeling a little disconnected. So how do you, what do you do to bring them together with the rest of that remote team? How do you communicate to them? How do you make them feel like they belong right off the bat? And mm-hmm. so one thing I would say is to increase the the times that you are, the touch points in that experience. So if you look at it as a journey, uh, mm-hmm. you've got to look at that touch point inside the journey and say, what can I do maybe in this first 90 days? How many touches do we want in that journey so that that new employee feels like they belong. They feel connected to the mission. They feel like the work they do is meaningful right off the bat. Uh, Because what happens is if they don't, particularly if they in the younger generation, I'm just going to say that if we don't get them engaged really quickly and make them feel like they're achieving, 
very quickly, they're going to be backing themselves out and going, where else can I go to get that feeling of connection, to get the feeling of meaningfulness and of achieving great things with a, a larger, bigger you know, vision. So that's that's what I would say. And then you just kind of go about that journey, kind of evaluating what are the touches in there? And you're going to be doing that whether they're physical or not. But mm. when since they're not physical, you have to up the touches. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just like, the disconnect is even more pronounced now. Yeah. So you're thinking like uh, up to touches using social online channels where however you can connect. Whatever you, so that's part of the, part of the thinking about who you're bringing on. So it just depends mm -hmm. on the people that you're bringing on. If you're bringing on, you know, one kind of generational area, you think about like surveying. I believe in the voice of the employee. So my mind is like, what do you need from us to mm -hmm. feel like you're being, you're, you're being successful in your role that you feel good and you're invested early on. So ask them. <laughs> Oh, that's not a concept. Yeah. Ask them. Ask yeah. them at the beginning when you're going through the interview process. Like, you know, so since we now have to do virtual, what would be the thing, the things that you would need from us to feel connected to the work you're doing, to feel like you're a vested member of our team? Ask them in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And and then some, so I know that people think, well, that's not scalable in a large organization. Well, here's the thing. The responses are going to boil up to be like maybe five or six things so that you can then make it feel custom uh, in, but just knowing there's like a handful of things that people may respond and maybe uh, this person needs three things. And so you, you can actually customize the experience even in a larger environment, but you just have to systematize it. It has mm. to become a process. Mm. Heather, I love the energy you're bringing onto the show. We are feeling it because you're, you're okay. touching on something here. And I want to prompt to touch a little bit on this because, you know, healing is really unique in the fact that it's kind of candid engagement, at the front lines when someone's about to get into an, an organization. Prep, what have you been seeing in the work that you're doing with so many of your customers and talking in, in your conversations with leaders? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a couple of things. First off, uh, a couple of things stood out to me and what Heather was saying. I mean, I think first off, it is is, is a journey, absolutely. And you mentioned the word trust a couple of times in, in your first answer and, and when we've talked in the past. And to me, I think, a, yeah, a huge part of that is, is transparency and kind of paying people the respect of bringing them along on your journey with you. Um, so I think I'm, my background is, is in product management. And I look at um, bringing on new customers in very similar ways as bringing on new employees. So mm. we found that, you know, in with products that are highly successful, if you have the right amount of touches in, in week one, in the first 60 days, 30 days, um, you're, they're going to stay with you for longer as a customer. So I, I you know, as you think, as we think about the employee um, journey, to me, it's very similar in some ways to a customer journey that we're bring bring on here. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, I think in, from a leadership standpoint, it is tough. I mean, it is tough being physically disconnected. Um, I think it's um, caused pendulums to shift a little bit where, you know, maybe people that were just really, um, they, their communication style was one of writing and written communication, they might do better now, but in a workplace environment, it might be more so people that are louder. So I think things have changed and to find out how you solve for that, it goes back to what Heather said, that's listening. So, and I think once you listen, you're also going to build more trust. Um, once mm. you take action on the things you can, based on what you've heard, can't do everything, but showing the things that you have taken action on um, and sharing that back will build trust even more. Yeah. You know, let's continue on that because, Heather, you're a mother of four. You know, you have to do a lot of listening uh, and a lot of caretaking. And you're currently working on a new book, The Art of Caring Leadership. And, you know, I've often I've gone on the record on my show to say, like, this compassion leadership is one of the top, you know, skills that any leader leading remote team needs now. You know, what is the importance of listening or even just EQ in the workplace, you know, when it comes to employee experience? 
Yeah. So, well, the you, the question you asked was like, sorry, there's a was a little bit of a, a breakup there. So you're asking what is the uh, the importance of listening in the workplace, or were you asking more about uh, like what I'm focusing on in the book and how that kind of connects to the listening? Tell me uh, if you could rephrase that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. What's the importance of listening in the workplace? And please oh. dive deep on the book as well because we're excited about that. Uh. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I mean, I, listen, I have a company called Employee Fanatics and the entire purpose is helping organizations build a listening culture. So you're you're asking the person to kind of I'm, I'm going to preach to my own self here. Listening <laughs> is foundational to everything else that needs to get done at work. So whether you are a manager of teams, you have to be listening to your people, uh, whether organizations are trying to figure out, should we change our strategy? Should we pivot in the market? Should we, listening is going to be critical. Uh, so listening, remember too, takes on many forms. So sometimes people think that listening is all about being quiet. And yes, that is a part of listening, but it's not the only thing. Because listening also has a lot to do with asking the right questions and shushing up. Um, it has to has a lot to do with acting after what we hear. So we listen and then we act upon what we hear and we're strategic about how we act because we can't act on every single thing. Um, so there's a lot of different components to listening. And so it affects both the top of the organization, meaning the organizational leaders that are like in that in that boardroom, uh, it, the board itself, the executive leadership team, all the directors, the managers, you start to cascade this down. Listing is crit critical. It's critical to to uh, any other stakeholder outside the organization like customers. So I don't know. I, for me, everything starts and stops with listening. Because mm. we can't get it right. We can't get product development right. We can't get anything right unless we've listened first. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> what you thinking, brother? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing, too, and absolutely, I mean, I agree with everything Heather said. And I think, you know, from a technology side, there's beginning to be tools and, and tech that people can use to listen at scale. So sometimes it's hard to have everyone all in the same discussion or to have one-on-one -on -one time on, on the similar time zone. So there's, you know, I think using tools, like there's obviously a lot of, I, I used to work at Tiny Pulse, so I'm biased there, but there's a lot of tools out there that'll help you kind of extend the ability to listen versus just what you can do when you're physically present. Um, and then I think there's also a lot people can do, like when Heather was mentioning, not listen more than listening isn't just hearing, right? But all the other steps in, you know, active listening, sharing feedback back. There's also a lot of tools you can use to communicate back to your large employee bases around changes that you've made based on listening to them, um, even when you can't en enact exactly what they said. So I think that cycle is important. Yeah, you know, you know, what's so powerful about what y'all are saying is that when I think about listening, especially in the context of how people are working today, you know, I'm scared for a lot of leaders because, you know, your people are not remote. How do you really feel as if you have a pulse, you know, on them as the voice of, or, you know, if you need to kind of create a voice of the employee type of, um, um, let's say, task force? And like, I, I would be scared as a leader in any organization. Like, how am I really actually listening using not only qualitative, but also quantitative measures. And I think I would love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, you mentioned, you know, the voice of the employee. Is that some sort of like unit that leads me to create in their workforce and really driving home? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, voice of the employee, I, um, I heard, you know, a long time ago, I remember I used to manage voice of the customer. So that I was, it was like a VOC experience. I was more of that customer experience expert and I kind of transitioned my way more into the employee side. Uh, so I, it's, you know, big V, little O, big E, and it was big V, little O, big C. And so that's just what I use. I use voice of the customer. I use cycle of listening. Uh, so when Prem, Prem and I, because I also obviously asked, I knew I met him through Tiny Pulse. Uh, and then obviously I was using a lot of uh, more annual surveys before that. So that is a very good point.
point that that the tech I rely a lot on tech, uh, but mm -hmm. so tech meaning like employee engagement surveys, pulsing surveys, culture surveys, the output of that my team and I analyze. We help organizations basically boil up those concepts of you know three to five things that their employees really wanted to focus on, and then we go more into the human side where we go in and help facilitate the creation of culture teams, focus groups around pointed topics that come from those surveys to really start putting what they said they heard into action in a real big way on the strategy and the move forward execution of the business. Um, so we do that there. So there's that human side. And then there's also that human side of listening that happens between coworkers, between manager and the people that report to them. So there's this you know scaling idea. And here's the thing, remote or not, we still can do pulsing. We can still do annual surveys. We still can action plan. We can talk to our employees um, remotely. I've been doing a lot of emotional intelligence training where we talk about like, yes, I know you, you can't, like you're not with them. So it's harder to read body language, yeah. but it's not impossible to read body language. Like you can see now I'm standing with my shoulders open. So it says that whatever you say to me, I'm open to it, right? I'm receptive to your messages. And mm -hmm. then if I really need to tell you a message, that's just, you know, really profound, or I need you to know something really important. All right. Now I'm looking at the screen. Yeah. But if I really need you to understand that this thing is very, very important to our team, I'm going to look directly in the camera and I'm going to slow my pace down and I might lean in as I just did. Right. So there's ways to do it so that now I'm looking back at the screen because I want to see your body language. Are they receptive to the message I'm delivering to them? So those are kind of things that we can just get in the hands of leaders and other people in the team to understand if they're talking to customers, what are people seeing as they, are you going like this and you're, uh, and you got this <laughs> are you really honed in on them? Are you honed in on their needs? Yeah. They know that whether you're in person or not. Yeah. They really do. That's powerful, especially now in, in, in today's time where people are juggling so much at home and then they're still trying to be productive at work. Brad, I, I saw you were going to share some thoughts on that. Oh, well, no, I was going to say I got to watch my posture. When you're around me, Prim, yeah, I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> I'll turn my video off. So, uh, uh, um, one show uh, from Mr. Hugh Jones who's saying, I love the theme of building trust. Great that you guys are talking about this. And, you know, I think it fits perfectly with your new book, Heather, I want you to tell us about your new book that's coming out soon. You're currently in the process of writing it through a pandemic, which is really awesome. The Art of Caring Leadership. I love the name. Um, and it's funny because I'm, 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 writing, I'm currently writing a book on the seven habits of dynamic leadership. But oh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the art of caring leadership. And, you know, what was the inspiration for this new book that's coming out? Well, let's see. The inspiration was my, I interview people on my podcast called Leadership with Heart. And after I, I'm just listening to these people, I, I, start the, I started the podcast with just fully from heart. So I wanted to just do it because I wanted to talk to really cool leaders. I get to like episode 20 and I'm like, these people are so intelligent. They're brilliant. Like I have got to find a way for those who don't listen to podcasts. I got to get it into another format so I can highlight these people, not for their perfection, <laughs> more for their imperfections and their ability and desire to learn from them and to like advance from them. So inside the book, The Art of Caring Leadership, I've highlighted like about 80 interviews with people uh, that like the, the, the cream of the crop of the folks I've interviewed. I put their, their voices in there and kind of intersperse my voice in there too, to kind of analyze what they're saying. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm obviously going to be like, yeah, this is good stuff, really, because I have had the conversations, and the good thing is that I've put in a, in a an appendix where people can go back and like listen to the full thing and hear the voices of people mm. as they go through, right? So that's the good thing is that can they can kind of reconcile the two. Um, I'm like amazed. It is. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I like what like Mario said. I want to go and like listen to that episode, and then go find the appendix, go listen to the episode, which is kind of nice. Uh, so that was the inspiration was the brilliance of the other people. It had less to do with me and more to do with them. They were just amazing. Yeah. Uh, so it's this idea, caring leadership is nor caring, showing care is normally a really kind of elusive um, type of concept, like nebulous, where people are like, what, is, what exactly is care? So what I attempted to do in this book is to put some guardrails around it, lay out nine behaviors uh, and some sub behaviors underneath that of that these particular leaders do to show that they care and in hopes that people will then afterward go take an assessment, a self-assessment and, you know, bring in a coach. And there's a whole process and join a community to get support to figure out how they can show more care. And it's really showing that that the 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 concern and the kindness towards people um, in, a, in a way that uh, it's it hopefully natural and sincere, of course. Mm. Um, and then there's ways that you actually do that. So I'm excited. It comes out in April. It's already on pre-order now on every, oh, wow. so anybody can pre-order it, but the full on like marketing launch will, will come sometime in the beginning of first quarter is when we'll start that uh, real big effort. I just shared a, a link to Heather's podcast in the comments. So make sure to check that out. Heather, I'm excited about the book. First of all, that sounds like an amazing book um, because I think that it's, the, it's a book that the world needs right now, uh, especially with the fact that you have to be much more proactive about showing care and compassion mm -hmm. in a remote first world. Brian, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, for, first off, one thing I love about Heather's work um, in her podcast as well as her previous book is not only is it inspirational, but it's also very practical. Like like she was mentioning, there's things you take back and you can take with you. Um, you know, I find a lot of times leaders will say they, they know the importance of trust or they know the importance of X, Y, Z. But then like Tim, when you were saying, you know, it, it is scary in, in, in times like this to listen, but I, I think it should be looked, listening should be looked at as a tool one can use to gain more knowledge, to build that trust, to, you know, lead in certain ways. So I, I think oftentimes, you know, when leaders fail, they look at things like listening as more of a task they have to do. Um, but actually it's a, a, a superpower you can ascertain to be able to deliver on what you want, which is trust, which is, you know, empowering your employment base. So um, yeah, no, I, I, a couple couple thoughts, but yeah, I'm really excited for the book. Yeah, no, we got we, we got to give it to the to the guy community, Heather. Like, let us know, send us some copies, and we'll sell it to the to the guy community. Give it to them, and make sure everyone has uh, the 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 ability to to start being caring leaders in the work that they do. Um, I, I want to ask you, Heather. You know, given where uh, a lot of organizations are now today, you know, they have to really think differently about culture. Um, I want you to talk to to us a little bit about you know what should, do you think that CEOs or execs need to be thinking about culture in a remote first world, right? I recently read an article by Microsoft saying that, you know, now we're, we're moving towards a hybrid workforce. So we're gonna start seeing more so three-day uh, work days and then two-day work from home days, right? So three days you may come into the office if you wanna come into the office and then two days you get to work from home. Should we start questioning, you know, our cultural values if you're like a traditional organization or should you start with the customer? Should you start with the customer in, in this case being employees and then working backwards? What are your thoughts on that? Mm. 
I really like, uh, I always like to this, I have one of my keynotes now is on reimagining a better and more inclusive workplace. And so mm. for me, I'm always, I want to dream it a little bit. I'm a big, like I always, I'm always seeing out there and going, okay, that's the thing I want to so people are like, wow, it seems like you're all over the place and you've got like so many things going on. And you're just, and it's, again, this is not a reflection on me. It's just what I do. It's a strategy I use to keep myself super focused on the front, not the back or everything around me that's super distracting. Mm. So I think from the organizational perspective, they should in fact, take some time to dream a little bit. Dream as an organization inside of subgroups, inside you know with this with the senior leadership team, but really bringing in that front line into that. Like I told you before, listening is my north star. So I'm always going to say listen to all the different fact, the customers, uh, the board. If you are mm-hmm. if you have a board, private or public, doesn't matter. The employees at all levels, bring everybody in into this to these listening or listening salons where you are. Do you talk about should our, should we reevaluate our values? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great point that you bring on Tim. That I think it's just. It's, it would be good to do that first. And I do think that um, when we are looking at customer, I, and this is how I, it's so funny because just recently I decided to change my name. It, uh, the company name was uh, Customer Fanatics and I changed it to <laughs> Fanatics. And it was Customer Fanatics because I, I actually view everyone, I'm, I'm here on this earth to serve everyone. Okay, so that's that's kind of overwhelming for a lot of people, but whoever's in front of me, I'm there to serve them. So I see them as my customer, like I owe them an obligation to service. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the reason why I framed it that way. But it was really confusing over time. People were like, and I would say like, you know, customer external or customer internal, and people would get confused. So I decided I'm going to change up to what I'm actually doing which is um, everything I'm doing is leading back to the employee, whether I'm, you know, consulting leaders, coaching leaders, whatever I'm doing, it's going to be about the employee. So that's why the employee fanatics is um, and helping them create a listening culture is what I narrowed it down to, because I do feel like that's the foundation for everything else for trust as Prem talked about. I mean, really just everything boils down to that. So I think looking at the values, Mm. uh, talking to the employees, oh gosh, again, a novel concept. I got to talk to my employees. I mean, (laughs) know your people, know your people, Uh, spend time with your people uh, is going to be critical. And so I I don't think if you would ask me if things would change in the virtual world, Mm -hmm. it is to the extent that you're just going to have more conversations Mm -hmm. and the conversations are going to make you think more innovatively or uh, think of, think more from a holistic design perspective from the employee experience, maybe more than you did before when it was just one physical and one. now it's remote and physical and you're having to figure out what the design looks like. So you're going to have to shift, uh, eight, not just HR, but the entire organization, including the leadership team that's non-HR, will have to shift in the environment to think more holistically about the employee experience and that journey for each of them. Because there's, you know, there's so many different employee types. And so we have to look at that. When we look at the journey, you have to say, who are the employee types inside the organization and what do each of them need? And that's what I was saying. Can we boil it up to three or four different things? And now we know we can manage the experience uh, and scale it based upon these four elements, the experience, the things that really give you the biggest bang for your buck. So that's yeah. what you're, that's the kind of stuff you're looking at. Right. I so. love that you said that, Heather. Like you, the you have to reframe it and think more about the holistic design. And I think uh, a big part of employee experience is being able to co-create that design with your people. Well, Heather, you have been just a, a ball of energy. Uh, and, and <laughs> I just want to tell you that right now. We need to have you back. But I would love to have Prem start. You know, do you have any kind of takeaways or yeah. to our amazing community, Prem? On- yeah, I mean, yeah. Just one, one thing to kind of add to is I, I 
definitely look at um, culture and employee engagement as a journey, like, like Heather yeah. said. And, and this remote world is is just kind of one change that's happened along the journey. So culture is not something you install once. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities to adapt because if you're building any culture that is a journey, you build it with a roadmap and you adjust roadmap based on things that are happening externally. So, um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for, for what we have ahead here in, in the future work and really excited to be on this chat. Yeah. Heather, where can we, where can our amazing community follow you and learn more about your work and, and be a part of, of the art of caring leadership movement? Wow. It looks like you put a lot of stuff in the chat, but uh, <laughs> you can go to either heatheryounger.com, which just has most of my speaking stuff there and uh, things like many courses and stuff you can download. And then on the employee fanatic side, if it's, uh, you know, if you're someone who might be interested in the whole listening culture and how you really install that inside your organization. And I use the word install purposely, uh, then, then definitely go there for that. And then I'm on LinkedIn as well. So you, I mean, just Google me and you'll find me. You're not, that's <laughs> <laughs> Google her. You heard it here. It Google her. Heather, it's been such a joy having you on this show. Can you please come back to another episode? I would love it. You know, don't, don't say that now. Watch out. <laughs> when we get to the um, launch of that book, so probably sometime in the first or second quarter of next year, I'll be like, okay, we're coming on, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd we'll love to have you back. Appreciate you, too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Heather. Thank you. Bye, y'all. And that was our two amazing guests, Prem and Heather. Prem, on again and on again, often. Much love to the Humanly team. And want to show love to Mr. Charlie Hugh Jones. Ariana Huffington was speaking about compassion at Golden Sachs All Hands Zoom call this morning. Speaks to the paradigm we're in right now. Seems like your book book is perfectly times. It's perfectly timely, Heather. Looking forward to it. Much love to you, Charlie. I think that to your point, I think Heather is definitely, definitely um, launching a book that's super timely for the world that we all need to read and, and just you know, level up our, our leadership skills. With that said, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Guy Live B2B Jam Session. If you loved it, share with your mom, share with your dad, share with your boss, share with your teammate so they can level up their caring leadership, but more importantly, learn how to really put the voice of the employee first in terms of employee experience. With that said, bigblacktea.com, bigblacktea.com. If you want some big black tea, and you want to empower yourself to be more therapeutic, more relaxed during this time, show some love and check out bigblacktea.com. This is our tea brand that we're launching for our amazing guy community. So make sure you check out bigblacktea.com to share the link. Check it out. Get you some tea relief. It's been crazy time. This 2020 has been crazy. And we want you to have tea to soothe yourself, your soul, or your family's soul. It's nice for a date. It's nice for a quiet time just for yourself. It's nice to read right by the fire. And with that said, if you haven't joined our amazing movement, check out guideapp.co. Guideapp.com, sign up for early access to our beta and be part of an amazing movement that's brewing. Our creators are just freaking amazing. And we would love to you, for you to be a creator in our community as well. Or tell your boss to tell your boss that they need to bring Guy into their corporation and organization. With that said, much love to everyone that's tuning in. If you're tuning in from Oakland, California, show us some love. Let us know what you're doing this weekend. Hit us up if you're doing anything fun. and We'll probably maybe join you wherever you're at. All right, y'all. As always, peace, love, and as always, abundance. Talk soon. Peace.
Thank you. 